I'm Mike Del Preti. I'm here in conversation with Josh Team, which is fantastic. Well, Good to see you. you again and in person. Appreciate the invite. And and really appreciate you coming to see you Boulder. So oh, it's beautiful. We got Absolutely. our classroom over there. We'll be talking uh, to our 60, 65 students in a little bit, but it's nice to be able to have a conversation beforehand. Absolutely. We were just chatting about, before we hit record, we were just chatting about kind of the dominoes and setting up this stuff years, years ago mm -hmm. and watching it like watching the results right now. Yeah. Right? I mean, how, how do you think about that, looking at it from the outside? Well, so an important part of that, of, of that conversation in my mind is kind of like why I went to KW in the first place. And it was the, I had been working in the agency world, you know, for a long time with incumbents like Visa and Bank of America and working on how to, you know, create innovation and disruption from within for the big incumbents. But as a consultant, you're, you're not a part of the team implementing. And so you're really working on quarter by quarter, maybe annual plans at best, especially with these publicly traded companies. And what Keller Williams afforded me was to have a multi-year long-term strategy that I could implement. Um, not consulting on the outside quarter to quarter, mm. but a what's a five-year plan. And that was really exciting to me. And so to your point, we worked... Um, diligently in the beginning to come up with a plan and a roadmap that we thought would be beneficial um, to the Keller Williams ecosystem and agents and and some of the dominoes and the the things happening today are a direct consequence did some of that planning we did so long ago and so it's very um, you know I find I'm very interested in watching it all play out because I was a part of the yeah the the, the, the process so the, the class is real estate technology and I think I call myself a real estate tech strategist. So technology is really important. And when I think about you, I think about technology, <laughs> right? And I think one of, the, one of the fights you picked was with Compass around technology. It's kind of who can be the bigger, badder beast. Like yeah. we're a tech company. No, we're a, we're a tech company. How, how is that? Has that kind of played out as you thought it might play out? <sighs> well, uh, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't say we picked a fight with Compass. Um, they may feel that way. Well, it may uh, put you on stage with. Yes. Right. I think we definitely did our version of the Pepsi challenge. Yeah. And we were saying, so when, when Keller Williams made announcements of being a tech first organization, that create, create a lot of eye rolls and, and, and laughs. And, and they're like, okay, <laughs> see you next year. Um, and the truth is the best way to overcome that perception was to do kind of like a Pepsi challenge, which is like, we'll put our Pepsi next to your Coke and we'll see what you like. Mm. And so it was more of an open roadmap and, and, and a challenge and a, and a kind of a public challenge made to ourselves that we can have the best technology in the industry that any brokerage or franchise creates. And um, at that time, I think Compass owned the mind share of that. And we wanted to put our hat in the ring. And I think, you know, and, and, and you know, I'm biased, but, you know, and, and there's lots of opportunities to do better. Um, but for the most part, um, during that phase and that journey, when we were winning all the, you know, the innovation awards, we were, you know, some of the highest rated from independent parties looking at systems, um, have some of the most robust feature sets. And so it was more of how do we put our, our hat in the ring that they were funded by all the tech funding companies. They were being seen as a tech first place. So how do we say, well, well we want to play in that game too. Mm. And, and so we were very strategic about saying, 
we're willing to bet on ourselves and, and, and put that out there. I, I think about a drag race, you know, when you kind of dared Compass, right? You're, you're at the starting line, just like revving, revving up the engines. Come on, let's go, let's go. And you, you dared them. And, and it's, it's come back, in a sense, to bite them because they have this incredible fixed cost, a thousand, tw uh, over, you know, they had over a thousand engineers, right? That's this huge thing. So when the market turns, now suddenly they're stuck with all this, all this weight, like this, wait a minute, this doesn't work anymore, right? This model doesn't work. Whereas I didn't, didn't see the same result out of KW or any other company by that. Yeah, by that well, matter. so a couple things on that. Um, we had been doing a lot of work quietly before we started revving engines. Mm. And we had been investing in microservices and modernizing our ecosystem, moving to, I mean, things that are so commonplace now, but at the time, I mean, moving from in-house uh, on-premise to cloud to Kubernetes stacks up and going. And, and so doing all this infrastructure work so that we knew we could move fast because we knew it was going to be a speed of change mm. game. And that no one knew what the holy grail was, but we knew that there was, whoever was going to go on the journey to that was going to win agent mindshare. And so um, we had done a lot of prep for that. The companies who didn't prep for that could find themselves getting stuck in a fixed cost world, or I think Remax acquired Bouge in mm -hmm. response to this. I think Rilogy announced a multi-million dollar innovation lab in response to this. All of those are fixed cost challenges. If an organization were to be strategic up front and identify that that's not where you want to be in this game, then you can you can avoid some of those. We have um, Carrie Callahan, Remax's CFO. She's a, a CU alum, and she comes into class, and she's been coming into class every year. She we usually kick the semester off with her, and I remember she was there when they acquired Boosh. You know, talking about exactly this. You know, this is the new game. We need technology. This needs to be a core competency. And then last semester, when they you know they shut down. That whole thing. Correct. And I'm, I'm sure she's fine with me saying it, but you know, the, the rationale was we're not a technology company. Like yes. we're a real estate franchiser. That is that is our business. We need to stay laser focused on that. And this is pretty expensive and different than than what's going on. Totally different game. I mean, how did you like go through that with, with KW? <laughs> that is I mean, that's the journey is yeah. you know, how do you go to an organization that is not have a core competency in technology? and build a core competency in technology. I mean, that was the journey. I mean, that was the, the you know, that you started from, the, you know, have a plan and, and, and that's hard, I mean, it's hard. And there's not, I mean, it's, it's a, that's a long conversation on how you, how you do that, but, yeah. but we did that. And, and I will say, I think that, you know, um, and I haven't been there for, for, for a little bit, but when I was there, I would put our engineers next to any engineer in the space. In fact, you know, the, uh, the Keller Williams built a core competency in technology that allowed them to do things that other companies who hadn't been doing that investment and plan would have been it was harder in which so you had choices. So you so think about from the flip side. Once this core competency existed and their and, and, and your competitor who has number one market share is building stuff that you don't have the capability to build that the agents are responding positively, the industry is responding positively to, you have three choices. You can either try to copycat and build a discipline side, but that's gonna be a long time. Mm. Two, you go acquire the competency. Or, or, or literally or, acquire. Go literally go buy, buy it, yeah. buy it. But then you have to know how to like integrate mm. that competency. And I think what she was alluding to is totally right, which is 
getting a football team of great athletes and putting them on a basketball team and asking them to go beat the Lakers. Like you got great athletes, but you, unless your organization knows how to go win basketball games, like you, you can't just become a, a, a great coding organization, a great infrastructure organization. You, that's a that's a journey. You, how you think about problems, how you budget, how you everything is different. Mm. Um, and the third one is you do nothing. Mm. And you saw all three of those buckets show up in real estate over the last four or five years. You had companies that said, we're going to build a competency in-house. You had companies that went acquired and you had companies that said, we're going to stick to our what we do and we're going to let that's all noise. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, and they had a couple, I think Compass, you know, hybrid approach that they built a competency and then they bought like mm-hmm. contactually and things like that for competencies that they wanted. But mm-hmm. I think, uh, I mean, that was the, that was the, the fork in the chess game that you, that you wanted to create in in the world, which is, you know, how how do you respond yeah. when your competitor is doing something that you don't have a core competency to do that's working? Like, and what what's great about KW is that real estate is in the DNA, right? So it's not just a bunch of technologists in a room building what they think agents need. Like that's where you're starting from. Well, and to Gary's credit, he was very. I mean, I mean, everyone knows Gary's story, but Gary is a born agent, will die an agent, that's his thing, the you know, agent on his tombstone. And he understood very quickly that it's easier to teach a software engineer and technologist real estate than it is to teach real estate, software engineering and technology. And so what he did for that is he created this labs program and all that was was a huge financial investment, but he would fly top leaders and top agents into a room with me and Gary, and we would start brainstorming how to solve your problems in the field. And so our roadmap was being dictated by our agent partners, our broker partners. Mm-hmm. And that was a really important step that, um, that he did that allowed us to know that we were building things that actually solved real problems for agents. Mm-hmm. So KW released a lot of technology during your time there. What's one thing you're most proud of? Man, I think the next door partnership in the neighborhood data is just really neat. Um, and it, the, the fact that KW, that we had uh, the exclusive rights, neighborhood boundaries. Mm-hmm. So all the data we had, we could, we could look at from a lens of neighborhoods. And so we could actually start to, you know, you know, analyze and think about the world from that perspective that this street in the same zip code separates two neighborhoods and as you know you live in neighborhoods this side of the neighborhood is completely different than that side of the neighborhood they might share the same zip code they might even go to the same schools but those are different neighborhoods mm. and they and the real estate's different in those neighborhoods and and that local nuance is essentially where it has to get to uh, in order to continue the evolution of creating value for the consumer. Mm-hmm. Because when you're buying a home, you're buying on the street. And you're gonna have to eventually get down to the street level. Like, what is the, what is the story of the street? And until we crack that nut, so anyways, the fact that we got down to neighborhoods across the country and had mm-hmm. a map and could understand context around neighborhoods is, is, is really neat. What, what did you do with the information? Was that something you just, you gave to agents, you gave to consumers? Like, what did you do with it? One of the cooler things we've, we did with the data is for every, um, we allowed, and, and, and we, we told the world about this multiple times, agents' websites, you could allow consumers to search by neighborhood. And then actually we showed you like the trends in that neighborhood. 
Mm. Um, you can actually see like what happened to the price per square foot in this neighborhood. Where's the where's the, the best grocery store in this neighborhood? Like what's all the interesting things about this neighborhood? And then two, we allowed you to tell the command what neighborhoods your clients are interested in, and then you will send them material on a monthly or quarterly basis, however you design, what's happening in the neighborhood you're watching. Mm -hmm. So you can kind of keep the pulse. And sometimes people do that out of curiosity, the neighborhood I grew up in, what's going on there? And, then it can, and all those interactions continue to center the Keller Williams agent in the center of mind, the mindshare of their clients. Like my agent's letting me know what's happening in my old neighborhood and the neighborhood I'm interested in looking at. And that's giving information to the agent saying these are the neighborhoods they care about. Mm -hmm. And so they can actually, you know, and again, a feature we publicly talked about was you can go in and filter your database on who's interested in this neighborhood because I have some interesting, you know, something I want to do or action in this neighborhood. Who's, who's, who's watching this neighborhood and who's not. And so continuing to, to be able to move our, our lens and our perspective down as close to the street level as possible, I think is really compelling stuff. Yeah. Um, as far as just the technology, what I think is really cool is, uh, you know, getting into this world where when an offer happens and you can analyze that offer against all the other offers in real time and determine if it's a strong or weak offer mm. based off the context and giving some inputs for the agents to make sense of it. Like that's some really neat, you know, data science stuff. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So you like that? I, I like any time we can train a computer to do sophisticated math that humans do, but not every human can do and not easily. And we can commoditize that and give it the value of more humans, I think that creates more intellectual curiosity, creative value. That stuff really excites me. Yeah. So in the world of real estate, what's an opinion you hold that not many people agree with? Oh man, I have a, I'm sure I have a lot. <laughs> I mean, they told me. <laughs> um, I think it's probably still a you know, a hot topic on can and should brokerages and franchises be in the technology game. Mm. I think that's a probably a controversial topic. Um, and what's your opinion? Absolutely, they should. It, it, here's what I use. All of them. Every brokerage, the brokerage of the future has to be in the technology game. Um, no, no, that nuance matters. So like if you're a boutique, or if you are a, a regional player, um, you can create so much value, I believe, in your local presence that, you, that that's your thing. Mm. As soon as you start to become a national player, what is that common value proposition that's going to attract the common, you know, the, 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 a nation or a global footprint of agents? You know, it, it, your brand's gonna go so far. Mm -hmm. Commission splits are going to go so far. So, you know, training education will go so far. What are you going to do? How are you going to differentiate yourself? And in, in the analysis, and this is pretty straightforward for me, most agents are using and eventually paying for technology. Well, that's money coming out of an agent's wallet. So the fight here really is who's providing more value to the agent to the agent's paying more money to? And so the question I would ask a broker who's like, I don't need to be in technology, totally fair. If they get their CRM from, um, name it, Boomtown, whoever, yeah. Sync, it doesn't matter, whatever. If they get their leads from Zillow, 
or sync. Let's just use sync and Boomtown. Let's just pick one of them. Pick whatever it is. They use the Boomtown CRM. They use Boomtown for marketing. They use Boomtown for leads. And they pay Boomtown, you know, X dollars a month. And they pay you Y dollars a month. Is it easier or harder to leave you or Boomtown? Yeah, Boomtown. And this segment brought to you by Boomtown. <laughs> well, whatever it is. Sync, whatever it is. So, so the idea is that there's these pockets creating value because the brokerage community isn't doing it. Mm -hmm. The agents having to pay more money to accommodate that. And they're building their business around those technology operations. So when they get into, when they want to shift, are they really a Remax agent? Or are they a Boomtown agent? Mm -hmm. Are they really a KW agent? Or are they Sync agent? Are they really a EXP agent? Or are they a Zillow agent? Who's taking their license here? Yeah. And that's the fundamental question. And so if you, depending on how you want to answer that question, it depends you should be in technology or not. Wait, I was just at an event and I was talking to a group of a couple brokers who were a Zillow Flex partner. And they were saying, like, we can't rock that boat. You're right. They were like, like literally scared of doing anything to upset Zillow. I, I can't think. Imagine a, a team, a broker, an agent who was that scared of leaving. Remax, Keller Williams. No, they, they, I mean, I'd be like, whatever. I'm, I'm out of here. I'll go to the next one. If I can save ten percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Then that's 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 the fight. And so the question is, do you want? To, are you okay with that? Are you just going to double down on your value over here? And there are there are brokers that can do that. Will do that. and Will thrive at that. Mm -hmm. But when you start to try to get to national and global scale, it's hard to do that in a repeatable, distributable fashion in this industry without technology. And so uh, I, I, I don't know if you have, I mean, my opinion, which again, controversial, is that you asked what people wouldn't agree with. So I get it. Mm. We don't agree with me. But I, I just think that um, it puts so much, of, here's what it is. If you choose not to be in technology, you've got to be the best at the other value props. Mm -hmm. Because that has to be more painful than leaving that. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, what's going to happen is they're going to stay here and they're going to shop for the lowest price. To hang your license. Mm -hmm. It's my opinion. Yep. And as the downturn's coming, I think you're going to see more and more pressure for that. And I think you're going to see more and more need to create value. And I don't think when 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 the dollars are getting tighter, people are going to be more willing to lose their leads or spend more more in changing their CRMs. I think it's going to get harder. Yeah. So the farther that gap gets, the harder it's going to be. And then you're always going to have to go after new agents or you're going to have to go after, you know, something else. And I think that's a that's a hard game. So that is why I think, you know, what I think. Clearly, there's a lot of smart people that have other opinions that are smarter than me. Um, but, but that's probably one that's probably an opinion I have that's controversial. So just to say that back, what I'm hearing is that technology is creating greater loyalty from agents that we haven't seen with just brokerages or brands. A hundred percent. And that's proven in all the data sets you'll ever see. And it's proven by asking your agents about moving systems. Yeah. I mean, and the best example of this is mobile banking. Imagine if banks were like, we're not technology, we're money. We're gonna let you use whatever vendor you want for your mobile banking. They can plug into our system, that's fine. But we don't do mobile banking. No, yeah. banking's invested in technology for ACH, for mobile deposits and, and mobile banking because they knew once you build your life around that, it's, you, you don't leave your bank because you love your bank. You don't leave your bank because it's painful to leave your bank. Mm -hmm. Like right. that's why that's what it is. So the brokerages that understand that and the franchises that understand that doesn't mean you have to build your own tech. If you can buy it and integrate it, do it. That's hard. 
It's really hard. But you got to be, I mean, I don't see a long-term path, and I'm talking 10, 15-year horizon, where you get to abstain from adding value in the space yeah. because you're just you're, you're 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 allowing the free market to come and take your agents while they're still with you and you won't know when you lose them right that, that's great that's a good point i love that so there's this um you know game kids or high schoolers play like um kiss marry kill right you yeah three people and you're like who do you want to kiss who do you want to marry who do you want to kill so oh wow invest acquire avoid Oh. Real estate space. Right? Oh, man. Invest, acquire, avoid. Open door, Zillow, compass. I'm going to make some enemies here. Go. And we can edit this out. At the okay. Point. Okay. No, no. Like, it's a fair question. Um, invest, invest, acquire, kill. And it is open door, Zillow, and what? Compass. Compass. And not kill, just avoid. Avoid. I would avoid open door. I don't. I, ne I never. I never. Um, solid i think open door and if you're at open door and you love open door i get it we have different opinions you probably want to avoid me totally fair but from my perspective and my my understanding i saw them as an amazing value proposition in a short amount of time if you've got a lot of built-in equity in your home and you've you know because the home prices have grown so much and you're sitting on a huge cash pile mm. i don't care about one percent so if I could make five hundred thousand dollars selling my house, or or and go through the pain, or I can sell it to you for four hundred fifty thousand, okay, I'll sell it to you for four hundred fifty thousand. Don't worry about it because I'm making so much money. And I think that is a real value proposition to a huge cohort. And I think that made a lot of sense. But now everyone bought in at the new basis. So everyone, when I sold my house, mm. I bought in at the new value. So I'm going to need more growth to have that. I think on this next generation of selling, you're not going to have as much built-in equity. And that 5,000 is going to mean more. Mm -hmm. And so I think the value proposition gets smaller in a contracting market. I'm sure smart people at Open Door with the funding will have strategies and how to attack that. I don't understand that right now or see that. So I would avoid that going to this next market. So then you left with invest or acquire uh, Zillow. What was it? Uh, Zillow and Compass. Zillow and Compass. Well, man, acquiring either one of those is, is challenging because of... I would probably acquire Compass because I think they are they have a, a tough road ahead, but I actually think that economies of scale will help them, and I think that their market cap is lower than I think the proceed than the, that the real value enterprise value would be. So I actually would see them as a buy right now, mm -hmm. um, and I would invest in that. And then um, you know Zillow, I think is, I think I have a, a lot of respect for Zillow and you know Errol over there and and and, and the team they've got. And they're they're smart. They're purposeful and, and they're really, you know, uh, I've, I've nothing but as people positive things. I realized when I was at KW, their interest and the brokerage community interest sometimes diverged, but I, I, I would not bet against those people very mm -hmm. often. Yeah. <laughs> as a, so does that answer your question? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, you're right. They are good people. We have um, we have folks in from Zillow every semester. Errol will be in again this semester. Um, it's, it's great to get the behind the scenes inside look at. He's awesome. What's going on? Yeah, and I mean, you got you got the business side of things, right? Which, when we're sitting at home doing all our desk-based work and whatnot, you know, it's one thing. But the, the people are just totally different. Yes, there's a lot of like really good, really smart people. Really there. smart and, and thoughtful. Mm. Really thoughtful people. And I think the fact that you saw them abandon iBuyer first is insight into just how thoughtful they are mm -hmm. and and how purposeful they are. 
They're purposeful when they do things, and they're purposeful when they continue doing things. And so, um, an interesting thing, if you're, if you're, I think it's one of the ways to analyze Zillow is because we know they're willing to shut things down quickly, what are they choosing not to shut down? So for instance, they acquired Showtime. Mm-hmm. And what are they doing with that? And, and, and that means these very smart, purposeful people are making strategic decisions, you know. They're, so, doing, a, they're doing a lot with that. A hundred percent. They're doing a lot. I mean, between, so showing time plus consists of showing time and dot loop. And between those two technologies, I, I want to say between 70 and 80% of U.S. real estate transactions touch one of those. So use that. I don't have any information from Zillow. I don't have insider information, but I will tell you this. When you take showing time data and then you take Zillow data and then you add in dot loop data, mm. what you just said is I can track Mike when you looked at the property, what you were searching for, what homes you didn't click on, what homes you did click on, which homes you did go see, how long you saw the home for, what offers you put on what homes, and what was accepted. I see the entire ecosystem of Mike. Now, can a company like Zillow use data in an interesting way to create a better experience and journey for you and maybe a Zillow premier agent partnering with you? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. That is really interesting. And, 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 and connecting that data stream into one ecosystem is absolutely, like, my opinion, the game. Um, and I think that they're very strategic. So that's what you were saying is exactly what, kind of what I was alluding to with like, when they don't turn these things off, even if from the outside it doesn't make sense, they're really smart people, really personal people, there's a reason. <laughs> why, why haven't they turned off mortgages? Because I think the data. I think that that it also is really fascinating, and I don't think it, I don't I don't I don't I have to go back and look at their models. I don't, are they losing money on that? On that? Mm. They are. Mm-hmm. I have to go and do more analysis. I don't have a strong opinion on that, but my my gut would tell you they want to own the ecosystem, and for some reason, it's more valuable to them to own the entire ecosystem mm-hmm. than it is to than it is to uh, abandon that. And and I mean I don't. I don't know if it maybe even ties into the referral program they have with their premier leads. By having access to the mortgage, they can see when it funds and closes. So they know they get paid more on the referral side. Mm-hmm. And that might be important to them from like, I, I, I don't know. But something tells me it's, it's an important piece to connect the ecosystem for them that even as a loss leader, it makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. what gut says. Oh, I mean, it's, it's key for that ecosystem. Hmm. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah. Yeah, let me me interview Mike. Um, So, okay, I have an opinion on this, but I'm curious yours. Why do you think, so KW invested all this time and money doing stuff, and we built the CRM to start, uh, and then grew into more than that, clearly. But um, Remax went and acquired Bouge. CRM at its heart, grew more into that. Realogy sake. Why are all these brokerages and franchises starting at the CRM? Like, as if from a technology perspective, it's the most boring thing in the world. No agent loves their CRM. So why are all these franchises or brokerages choosing to go build something they know their agents are going to hate that's not exciting and isn't going to disrupt real estate? Like, why is that where all the money is going? Compass buying contactually. Like, why? Why, why all the focus on the CRM? I, I can think of two, two possible answers. One is because the brokerages are confusing what's good for them and what's good for the agents. It's good for the brokerage to have a CRM because then they own it, they control it, they have the data, and they see what's going on. 
right? You're my agent. I know exactly what's, I know what's happening. That's actually really good for me. And that could be confusing, right? Like, oh, I, I'm, I'm going to build this tool. Who is, who is the actual end user where the value is being created? Because mm -hmm. if that's true, it's not the agent. They, like you said, they don't care. Maybe they use Post-it notes or Excel or, or they're willing to pay 50 bucks a month for something else. It, the, other, the other possible answer is it's just, it's, it's foundational. Yeah, like how do you do something else without that, without having that data? So to me, it's that's the it. So one of the reasons that, and, and we talked about this publicly on stage, I when we were doing our planning and we came to the conclusion that we had to start with the CRM, I did not want to do that. <laughs> I did not, for personal reasons, for career reasons. Like, mm -hmm. Wait, I came here to build a CRM. Like what? No. So, and that's why we built Keller Cloud, this operating system. But the truth is, Let's say your end goal is you want to build game-changing consumer experiences. You want to compete. You want to let your agents compete with the likes of Zillow mm -hmm. and more. You want to take the insight that I was just talking to you about, give them back to the agent so that they're the smartest guy at the listing presentation. How do you do that? Well, if you don't have any data, what's that experience going to look like? No, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look like you calling up your current CRM provider, asking them, for data, getting on a wait list to get some sort of API built. And, and that'll never happen. And then you have to have some capability to consume said API. No, I mean, there's just no, no path to it. And so the, the requirement to build any innovative anything is data. So you almost have to create an ecosystem where data is coming in that you can then normalize, extract to build new experiences. So it's, I think it's because it's step one mm. in the five-step plan or in the multi-year plan, and what a lot of what the industry found out when, when the, you know there was this migration to try to like solve that is it's really hard. It's really hard for a lot of reasons. None, none you know, one main reason is agents are damn independent, mm -hmm. right? They they have their own mind, they have their own businesses, and and, and there's not a compelling reason. To use it today, it seems painful. And uh, but but I was just curious why you know that's my opinion. I don't yeah. know if you agree with it or not. No, I think it, it's that foundational aspect. I also think you know in the in the boardroom, a lot of brokerages get confused and, and think about what's good for them. How are we going to keep agents? How, how do we how do we make it harder for them to go away? Mm -hmm. Let's let's build this foundational stuff. If we have the CRM, we have all the contacts. It's going to be harder to turn away. Can I play devil's advocate with that yeah, for one yeah. second? But isn't that just a, a different way of saying they want to create so much value, it's hard to leave? The value being a technology, but like the, it could be like good splits, could be the same argument. By creating the best splits, it's hard to leave, or by creating, letting you do your own marketing, it's hard. Like I'm just saying, like, wouldn't that be the... Every, it's like the banking thing that you were that you were talking about before. Yeah. Like, I don't like my bank. <laughs> yeah, no one does. And But to leave it would be painful. No way you're doing it. Yeah. You hate the idea of moving more than you hate your bank, but you do not love your bank. <laughs> but but if I'm, it, you know, it's those little, like death by a thousand paper cuts, yes. right? If, if you, it's not just one big tendril into the agent, but it's a, ten, a thousand, ten thousand different ones. If you leave, you have to, you have to, change ten thousand different things, exactly and each right. one is like point one units of pain. Yes, that's too much. That's yes, yes, that's yes, too yes. Much. No, it's a it's a it's a strategy that's proven to work in every industry, and 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 I think, to your point, the boardrooms are keen on that and then figuring out how to go do that and because i also think they realize they're at, they're at risk because i think the real i mean the truth is like depending on where your splits are and what's going on it may be easier to cut you the broker than mm -hmm. their technology mm -hmm. 
So yeah, there's this greater loyalty to technology now. Yes. Right. All yeah. So if if, if I'm looking at my P and L, I'm like I got to save ten percent. Well, I can either change my technology, or I can change my broker. Mm. That might be easier yeah. if I'm a big team or I'm a high producing agent. Yeah. And so like that's a real threat to a brokerage franchise community, in my opinion. But um, so yeah. That's good. Like it. How many agents will there be at the end of next year? At the end of 2023? Yeah. How many are there now? Or 2024. Okay. How many are there now? Like one five, one seven? A lot. I, I mean, I'm a data guy, so I would kind of look at 2008, 2009, look at the cycles. Do you think it'll go up, down, or less? Oh, less. Less, okay. Less. Certainly less. By magnitude or like marginally? Uh, I don't know. I want to say like 10, 20, maybe 25%. I have a, I'll probably disagree with you here. Who leaves? The non the hobby agents, the low performing agents who are full time, or the, the 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 big agents, the high producing agents. Who's most likely to leave to create that that that, that, that drop? Well, it's not the high performing ones. What was the first two? The hobby yes. agents, like I, you know, wherever and yeah, but I'm paying my fees and do one or two deals a year, or the. The I'm all in realtor, but I'm not a big producer yet. Yeah, that one, right? We're always going to have hobby agents because right. they'll get the friends and family. I agree. I'm happy doing one or two deals a year. These people can't. And we're always going to have the high performing ones. I agree. But it's the people that are just stuck in the middle. But Teams changes some of that because now Teams provide a safer place for you to go and hang your license. You know, in the structure of a Team that's providing the leads and mm-hmm. helping you do that. So then. If you play that out, you almost create like a bigger chasm. You've got your hobby agents and you've got your big teams, and then like you have boutiques. If you play yeah, that to the yeah, end game, yeah, boutiques are. It's. I think it all comes down to leads. It's just where are you going to get the business from? And you can get it from Zillow. You can have your own Rolodex, your own database. You could just be the the independent broker that's been here for forty years and you know everybody. But that's that's it. Like it just comes down to where are you going to get that business from. Well, What's Zillow look like next at the end? You know, in two or three years, same aggregator portal with a Zestimate. That's your Fitbit version of your home value. I think with and, and not to like ride the buzzword bandwagon here, but I think with the AI, Chat GPT type intelligence plugged into it, two or three years from now, like definitely. I mean, think about Chat GPT plus Zillow's data set. That could be really interesting, <laughs> right? And and they're not the only one doing this, but we've had years of companies kind of futzing around with AI, like little chatbots that, that are just horrible. So is your thesis then, make sure I'm tracking it, your thesis that in three or four years, Zillow with, because the, 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 the AI that we're hearing about that's so exciting right now will become commoditized. Like that is the track. Yeah. When it becomes commoditized, the people with the most data will win. And this is 100% true. And this is why I think it's strategic why you want to be in technology game, because then you're going to have the haves and have nots. Who can deliver this consumer experience or this agent experience, and who can't? And then, when you, when you what do you imagine the Zillow experience being in two or three years when they have this? Show me houses for sale in Boulder between Boulder's expensive, you know, between 500 and 750k, where I can walk my kids to school. List. And, and that, that thing can happen like that. How long would that take a real estate agent to be able to figure that out? 
it'll yeah. take quite a while. And then and then you get into the conversational refinement. Well, what you just said right there, I mean, they could do that right now. I mean, that modeling exists now. That doesn't even require new anything. That's literally just applying the DaVinci model on your trained data set um, or a v version of it. I mean, you got Google coming out with Bard now. You got, yeah, everyone's coming out with their new version. They did this before, back when we did, we did Kelly. You had every, every car had, you know, Katana and and my Elvis, but now you've the new new a new arms race of AI coming out, yeah. and um, I, I almost imagine, what if you took it up structurally above? What if you're you you, I don't know exactly how this would work out, but imagine that you had your 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 Bank of America account, and it was looking at interest rates, you told the areas you wanted to live. And it drew polygons around areas you should look at that you could walk your kid to school within a 20-minute commute based off your affordability, interest rates, and trajectory where it's going. Like almost like suggesting yeah. where you go. Um, it that, is. It's like an assist. It, it's going to be that assistant. For sure. And, and that's closer to what an agent does right now. And I don't... Curates personalized insights. Yeah. That's all an agent. Like, I don't say all. The value proposition of an agent versus you going and doing it yourself is an agent will curate personalized recommendations for you that you can't get through data aggregation, and it will then take you on the journey. Um, there is value in the journey part, and there's value in the personalized. But what you're saying is you imagine in two or three years, Zillow with AI and the advances in technology continuing to go down the funnel and getting more and more closer to personalized recommendations, yeah. which is going to push the agent community more into the fiduciary of the transaction. Yep. And they, and they have, so a couple points on that. I mean, Zillow has to do that. Zillow is the leading property portal. They have to, like the biggest risk to the business is if someone else can invent a better way to search for property. 100%. This is that. Right, it's not blockchain. It's not augmented reality. Like, this is as good as we got. So <laughs> they have to do it. Um, like you said, AI, the technology behind it all, it will be commoditized. Mm -hmm. So it's not the startup in the garage over there that Correct. I'm worried about. They're never going to win. I, and I feel bad. Like that's too bad. But they but, can get rich. They get bought. If you create something yeah. compelling, you can get bought and acquired, and you'll get rich. But you, that company will never be known. Right. Yes. So, so Zillow can they can be late to the game. Yes. And still win. There's actually strategy being late because you don't have to take the pains of being bleeding edge. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and nor nor should they. They can just kind of ride it, and wait see it, and and see what happens. Um, and but they have the they have the data set. You know who else has. The data set. I mean, you could look at, you know, there's MLSs and, and associations, and they have data, but they're not going to be first movers in this at all, right? They're, I think they're still struggling. Well, to, they're so fragmented. There's only a couple that even have some meaningful data sets. Yeah. The rest of them are, from a from a from a big data perspective, aren't interesting. And then big big brokerages, national brokerages, whether it's Remax or KW, they have a lot of data. They they have a lot of data, and in the Venn diagram, they're missing a bunch of data that Zillow has. But Zillow's also missing a bunch of data that, say, KW would have. So there's value, there's, there's value and I think that's, that's interesting. So it doesn't mean KW would be subsumed by Zillow just getting bigger and bigger and being the same thing, but there's still value for you know, those top brokers, well, KW. Well, that's why Gary Compass. went on stage and said one of the reasons strategically he moved from Dotloop to DocuSign mm. was it took a lot of transaction data out of the Zillow sphere yeah. and put it into DocuSign. I mean that was a strategic choice yeah. because you're going you're getting into data wars now and and that's the I mean but, but again I'm fucking biased because like I am a technologist at heart so I see everything from the lens of that like, mm -hmm. I get that all right well I think our um, class is going to start soon awesome we should kind of wrap up and uh, and get ready for that.
Well, appreciate you inviting me down. Yeah. Love talking awesome. to you. Always like talking here. to you about real estate. That's awesome. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Josh.